0: This podcast is sponsored by YRC Real Estate Group, offering a tailor made service, versatility, and expertise for all your real estate needs. Are you thinking about selling, buying, investing, or having your properties managed? For more information, check our website, www.yrcrealestategroup.com. We are passionate about real estate and we love to support local businesses. We hope you guys enjoy this podcast. Cheers. <laughs>
1: Cheers to behind Oof. the business. Behind the business, guys. Behind the business. Welcome to episode Jesus chair. Uh 29. Damn, this you guys is, are
0: you guys are pumping these out. That's good.
1: Yeah, we kinda yeah. yeah. We started during COVID actually. Nice. Yeah, I was telling Andrew about that, like the first podcast was just me in my closet. Really? Yeah. <laughs> t- t- talking into my clothes because they said... Uh, so that's how it all starts. That's how it all starts. Talking exactly. in your closet. Every time. <laughs> that's how every business starts. Exactly. It's behind every business. Start somewhere, right? Exactly. Um, but yeah, now look at where, where we've got video cameras. I know. we got this all this impressive. equipment and awesome. stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for coming in the studio.
0: Really, really happy to be here. Yeah. Thanks, Andrew.
1: Thanks for, Thanks for coming. Yeah. I know we've been trying to set it up for you. For, well, Dave has been for like... Few months now few yeah, months,
2: yeah yeah no i
0: appreciate it i think yeah we just we we did some new website kind of designs and stuff like that so we wanted to make sure that it was the timing was appropriate mm-hmm. um so really appreciate you guys waiting and, and oh, yeah. having me on too I, th- I thought it'd be a really good story so i was
1: like yeah. <laughs> let's get Andrew. <laughs> yeah well let's okay. jump right into it today today we got andrew tn tn and uh he's the co-founder of He's the co-founder and CEO of Case Mogul. So you guys know all those those cell phone cases in the malls? The kiosks, yeah. The kiosks in the middle of the malls that sell... Pretty much all phone cases, yeah. Right, yeah. and a lot and of repairs, repairs. repairs. Yeah. Oh, repairs the, too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The big yeah. thing is the repairs. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and do you guys also sell like those screen things, screen
0: protectors? Oh, pretty much everything with pretty this. much phone, anything phone, um, and like any phone ancillary related kind of product, mm-hmm. we we try and provide or or um, yeah. Because you guys do Help like with. iPads and yes. also computers now. Um, not so much on computers for now, but but uh, tablets for sure. Yeah. Tablets for sure. Yeah. But, cool. but f- founder. Founder. Yeah. No yeah. co-founder. No, no, no other. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's just him. It's yeah. just you. Yeah. He's it's
0: many. funny, funny you, story you though. You yourself, you yourself and I, or yourself, right? My, my, my mother is, is, is definitely involved. Yeah. Um, she helps a lot. And actually, yeah, backstory, but like, yeah, there was another guy. His name is Bob. He helped initially when we all started, but, uh. but yeah, but yeah. Just you. Yeah. Um, now, now it's me. <laughs> So you worked
1: as uh, an investment banker at Goldman Sachs before before deciding to make the leap into entrepreneurship, and then Case Mogul now is in uh, eleven locations. Mm -hmm. Is that right? That's crazy. Yeah, and uh, you're in Calgary, Vancouver, and Fort McMurray, and Fort McMurray, Fort Mac, strong. (laughs) Sheesh uh how many employees do you have and i guess uh how long have you been in business let's start off with that
0: yeah we have uh 35 yeah around 35 employees um and started this i mean there i guess the official start date would be 2012 um that was when i was still at goldman sachs Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah I left Goldman in, in in around 2014. So so did it for like two years mm-hmm. on the side before. So this business um, has been running for seven years. Yeah. Jeez. And how old mm-hmm. are you? I I am 33 this year. Oh, you're already? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, crazy. <laughs> so seven years in the business. Yeah. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, it has been. Yeah,
2: I've seen the growth. And like from the very beginning, <laughs> yeah. Like I remember just having the conversations about this because like you moved here f- from Vancouver, yes. Uh, work uh, working in Goldman Sachs, and I was introduced to you by a friend, yeah, Alan, Alan, yeah, uh, which was introduced by another friend that yeah. went to school. Alan
0: moment. was my only only friend, or or, or yeah, my first friend in, in Calgary, <laughs> yeah, crazy. And like we went out and we uh, had some drinks and stuff like that, yeah. And then afterwards, played volleyball, yeah. <laughs>
2: And then you were telling us how you on were the
0: beach, oh, on, in like a sand pit. <laughs> you,
2: awesome. you were looking to start a new biz. Yeah, yeah. You were kind of doing it like after hours, like in the yeah. evenings at Goldman Sachs. So,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy. What were you do? Well, before we get into the bi- business, uh, tell us something interesting about yourself that uh, most people don't know.
0: Um, um, I mean, one interesting thing is uh, I, 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 I wore a tuxedo uh, once to work in finance unintentionally, but yeah, but I, I wore a tuxedo on the trading floor at Merrill Lynch in Toronto <laughs> and I got shit for it. Oh, really? <laughs> Why? Why? Dude, he did like yeah. You can't wear a tuxedo. That's like fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Black tie event. No, it was just like it was. It was actually by accident, oh. but uh, it's, it's funny. It was just like yeah. I did. I think. Um, just I guess like I guess any Asian kid, you, you know, you never get an opportunity to wear a suit, so you don't know the difference between a tuxedo mm-hmm. and, a, and a and a business suit. Yeah, yeah. And so my only suit. For my first real job that I needed a suit was obviously the suit that I bought for prom in high school. <laughs> and so, I, I was interviewing in that suit. No one ever told me. And then one day, yeah, on the trading floor, one of my bosses accidentally uh, wore my suit jacket to a meeting.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And he was, you know, he, he was in a meeting with a, nu- with a client. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty important client and the guy, the the guy apparently was like, my boss's name was Kevin and, and, uh, and, and the client like mid, mid meeting was like, Kevin, are you fucking wearing a tuxedo right now to this meeting and he's like no what are you talking about and then you looked at it and you realized that he was wearing a tuxedo and you got fucking super mad and he uh he, he stormed back to the trading floor being like who the fuck has been wearing a tuxedo to work and uh i didn't know but eventually i figured uh, yeah i figured out that uh it was my suit and i have been wearing a tuxedo for for for, for the entire summer uh yeah almost the entire summer in uh, in my first internship at merrill lynch in Toronto on the trading floor. So <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's, a <laughs> yeah. that's his own fault, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I should be wearing yours. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're all black. They're all black suits, and so yeah, it's a funny story. Yeah, funny story. All right. Well, let's jump into it. What was your f- first job ever? Um, start off with that. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think. what it, it was either. Uh, delivering like paper routes Mm -hmm. or, or teaching piano. Mm -hmm. I think. Teaching piano. Yeah. Oh, crazy. So, so yeah, I, I I finished my performers ARCT at the, at the behest of my, my mother forcing (laughs) me to, to finish. Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I finished. Well, that's something interesting about yourself. Yeah. <laughs> that's every other Asian, so <laughs> it's like, kind of like a given, I guess. But but yeah, so I, I, I taught piano when I was uh, in element. Yeah, I guess elementary school in grade seven or, or whatever. Wait, wait a- you're
1: teaching piano in el- while you're in elementary?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You
1: were yeah. that good. That's...
0: You, I mean, like if you're teaching like younger kids yeah, like yeah. grade 1 or grade 2, you you're really just <laughs> teaching them the very very basics, basics. They, oh, okay, and, and and so I think for a lot of parents it's just easier to pay, you know, this this great elementary school student $10 or $15 an hour as opposed to like $45 or $50. So, mm. Crazy. and then yeah. That's so. still pretty young. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. very young. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you you had this hustler mentality since you elementary then. <laughs> kind of, I guess. I I used to I used to perform at, in in elementary school, like not like during assemblies and stuff like that. There were assemblies, and uh, and 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 for some reason, yeah, I, I would uh, get up and, and and play like you know the piano. So I guess the entire school knew that I I played piano, and I guess some parents were like, "Oh, can't you can you teach my kid?" or mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm like, "Sure." Was this in Vancouver? Yeah, in mm-hmm. Richmond. Yeah, back, nice. yeah, yeah, back <laughs> at Blair Elementary School. <laughs> I, I I
1: met. I think grade four level piano nice. but I don't nice. remember. Anything. <laughs> <laughs> I know like a couple songs, but yeah. Um, so yeah, what you're teaching piano, you went to school and then what did you go in for school? What, what were you doing after? How'd you get into Golden, uh, Goldman Sachs? Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah. So I, I went to UBC, um, decided to go into business instead of engineering um, my dad's advice was don't do engineering, do f- something that's business or finance related because, you know, uh, you're more likely to, to join the C suite as opposed to engineering where you're likely to, to, to kind of, A- anyways, that, that was his advice. So, mm-hmm. so like just being, you know, the, 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 uh, the, the dumb high school kid i was like sure yeah sounds, sounds 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 like logical sounds pretty logical so so i chose business um and then decided to go into finance and this was ubc and ubc yes yeah, yeah. yes okay. yes yes um and uh yeah went into finance you know and joined this this really awesome group or really awesome kind of club um that was at ubc called the portfolio management foundation which was this, you know, this, this, this very kind of, you know, small, but hard to get into group that you had to interview for. Um, but once you were in, you were managing a portfolio of, at the time it was like $3 million of, of, of money. Um, and it was, they would recruit about six or seven people each year. And I got chosen to, to be a part of that. Um, and, yeah, so this is kind of managed money and, and that's kind of my foray into finance mm-hmm. and had experience so they, they basically gave three million dollars to, to, to these kids. <laughs> real said, money hey, yeah real real money crazy yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot a lot, of, a lot of funny stories there but uh, yeah we lost a million dollars that year because it was the financial crisis. <laughs> oh, so it was great. like
2: 2008.
0: 2008 was when I got admitted to the portfolio management foundation. the markets completely crashed we lost a million dollars so went from three million to two million (laughs) and uh and 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 uh and then kind of wrote i guess yeah the the following year we 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 actually made it back but not not you know yeah i think it was a it was an awesome experience it was a real great learning experience um but yeah but um but yeah, realized that finance wasn't really for me, and 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 uh, and and decided to kind of do entrepreneurship. But yeah, there's lots of stories in there, so yeah, <laughs> feel free to ask or whatnot. But yeah, so you you left. You were in financing. You
1: graduated, and then yeah. you start. You started working somewhere at Gold. Gold yeah. Yeah. It?
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I. Um, so I. Uh, yeah. So for
1: the for those people that don't know, how big is Goldman, Goldman Sachs, Sachs, yeah. Goldman Sachs is
0: pretty large, yeah. yeah it's uh, one of it's, the largest banks in the world. Yeah, okay. uh, they're they're kind of a a bulge bracket, um, uh, yeah, investment bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you're
1: an invest, you were an investment banker there.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. in. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I started my my real real job after after school was was in Calgary in investment banking as an analyst uh, in the natural resources group at Goldman Sachs in, in Calgary. So. Um, is it true they work like sixteen hours a day? Probably more. More than yeah. sixteen hours, <laughs> like, like twenty. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, 20, they, yeah, they, sometimes all night. they sleep there. Yeah, yeah. yeah I know sleep, some buddies like they just sleep there. Sleep <laughs> they work. <laughs> like, they... Stuff. <laughs> but, but I mean, but 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 regard, uh, I would have to say that the Calgary office was was really nice um, in the sense that they were more like family compared to a lot of the other places. But the perception, or the, the yeah, the, the, the perception is that. Um, yeah, it's usually pretty, pretty, um, pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, pretty intense work hours, um, and and it's very, uh, yeah, it's very grueling, and it's supposed to kind of test your metal, I guess, in, in some ways, to show that you're w- you're able to work very diff, uh, very very hard hours, and and you're you're able to kind of produce, or you're able to execute, basically. And a lot of people end up leaving. Investment banking to go into different things, like whether or not it's in tech or f- finance. You basically earn your earn your stripes in in investment banking to show that this guy is intense. Mm-hmm. He's he's a good workhorse, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's not completely retarded, most likely. And that's all we kind of you know that's all, that's all we can ask for at, at yeah, yeah. that at that after two years out of out of school. And yeah. this guy is yeah, yeah. this guy's willing to put in the hours and willing to work. And and so that's a lot of people use investment banking as a as a way to to uh, To launch their careers um, into out. into different things or or go back to MBA school. Yeah, because
2: it's like once you have that on your resume or something, like that it's like they know, like they don't even have to
0: ask too much about it. Really. It's it's definitely like yeah, it's 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 a it's a good way to validate that that you know um, you're able to 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 handle a certain amount of work and workload, I guess. But yeah, yeah. performance. But yeah, but Calgary was was overall really nice. Um, the 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 yeah the bosses there were really accommodating and they were they were more like family compared to New York or Hong Kong or some mm-hmm. of the other larger cities mm-hmm. um so so my hours weren't that bad i think it was mostly if i can remember it's probably get in at 9 or 10 in the morning so not super early but but probably stay until 9 or 10 at night crazy every day including maybe like yeah including weekends every day yeah <laughs> yeah, I barely saw him. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah Isn't that what uh, we won't say his name? But uh, no, uh, I don't want to say. Yeah. No, different trade. Different trade. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess I guess that working seven days a week for twelve hours, like that's not longevity, right? Is that why you kind of left, or why why did you end up leaving? You know? No,
0: I I, I think I, I I just like I realized pretty early on, so. Um, and how old were you when you started and how long were you there for? Um, so right after school and then I was there for about three and a half years. So I wanted, I got promoted,
3: Mm
0: -hmm. um, which was important to me because I wanted to make sure that I had a fallback plan so that in the event that, you know, running this business wasn't going to work, then, uh, I could always go back. And and if I went back to RBC or, or any of the other investment banks, Mm um, so Goldman is, is is US US based, but they're international. But 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 uh, yeah, if I wanted to go to RBC or Scotia Bank or or any of the other investment banks, they would they wouldn't look at my resume and be like, you didn't you didn't you didn't leave. They they let you go yeah, <laughs> because yeah. you never got promoted. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to get promoted before leaving to show them that you know uh, yeah there there is validation that I could do the work. It wasn't that I you know I, I had to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was that, but, uh, but I, I think I realized pretty early on. So, um, I, uh, so, so yeah, so going back, you know, rewinding back into university days, loving business school, the girl, the guy ratio was great in, in business school versus <laughs> engineering. So I thought it was a great decision. I was like, thanks dad for, 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 your for, recommendation. Yeah, for your recommendation. It's always like, about the woman, eh? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, um, and then, yeah, having a great time and, um, you know, was working at Future Shop as a sales associate um, for, for a summer, and then and then got into this program, and then and then just had this idea that that finance was. I think at that age, when you're um when you're so when you're so young, um, you don't really have a real idea of what a career looks like or what it even means. Mm-hmm. So you just it's almost yeah, it's just this this idealized you know this romanticized you know, imagination of what work would really be like. So I was like, fuck yes. Got into this awesome, really, really, really prestigious program. And then got my first internship at Merrill Lynch, which is again, a a huge bulge bracket name. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. I have this on my resume already. Like, uh-huh. this is gonna put me miles ahead to my comp- competition. I'm gonna, you know, end up in New York, work as an investment banker, have this nice lifestyle. You know, just like <laughs> fucking, this is awesome. This is like, this is the life. Yeah, this <laughs> is it. You know, like it's 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 all happening. It's like it's happening exactly how, how dream. I dream. yeah the yeah. dream. And then <laughs> some Wolf of Wall Street stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like whatever you wanted to imagine as a as a kid, it's yeah. just like, oh, this is all happening. This is fucking awesome. So, um, yeah, landed. Uh, in in Toronto for my internship, and then I got a call from uh, HR. Being uh, and they they asked like you know why didn't you answer your phone? I was like sorry I was I was on a on a plane. And then they said yeah by the way we we let go of your entire desk, so your your entire group is 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 gone in Merrill what? Lynch at Merrill Lynch. Oh crazy! Right like, when you got there? Yeah, and I was <laughs> like what what this is so weird. um but, uh, but yeah. Um, so you, but, didn't, you, but, didn't, yeah. you didn't have a job when you landed, basically. No, they, they had to transfer me to another another group. Oh. Um, but, but anyways, so so yeah, so there's this like romanticized kind of view and, and things started to fall into place and, and reality started to set in, I guess, in, in some ways. But, you know, <laughs> so this was during the financial crisis and I think that made it even worse because, um, you know, people at at Merrill Lynch or any investment bank or any bank at that time were, were quite worried about themselves. And so they were, you know, they, they couldn't give a shit about the intern that was, that was working, you know, <laughs> just like, don't bother me. But, but anyway, so, um so yeah, so I landed, you know, got the news, started my, my, my job and I just, I just fucking hated it. It mm-hmm. was just really not what I expected. And this is a guy that, you know, was selling, product service plans or like laptops at future shop Mm -hmm. thinking that it was going to be something similar to that. And it was totally different. Mm -hmm. You just, I would walk to work every day. um, And uh, it's a trading floor. So I didn't know what that meant, but I quickly realized what that meant. Um, Trading floors are full of testosterone to some degree. And I think it's gotten better over the years, but still a lot of guys and and Merrill is, is quite known for this. um, The culture at Merrill Lynch. Our trading floors this is what I imagine when
1: you say trading floors. A bunch of those guys on Wolf of Wall Street just screaming at each other.
0: I think there's like a clip in Margin Call or there's like clips yeah. in uh, The Big Short. Yeah. Um, it's just like, yeah, it, it's uh, it, it essentially it is like. It is like that. But it's yeah. not it's not as crazy. Like that yeah. was like in the 90s and that got, you know, that got turned, that got sh- shut down. But yeah, yeah. it was at some point like that. Okay. But it got more tame. So, it was, mm-hmm. but, but even then. It's, it's more been, civil now. More civil. Yeah, but yeah. the guys are similar to Wolf of Wall Street where they're just like. Like, you know, on big, big ego trips, big, e- yeah. huge yeah. egos yeah. with like yeah. tons of monetaires just making tons of trades or, or making millions or, or whatever. And, yeah. and and so yeah. really, really full of like, yeah, it, that that culture was just not what it, it it's not a future shop <laughs> culture. It was not it's not like it was not future shop. That's, that's, that's what I quickly realized. And I, and, I, and I glossed over that assumption. But, uh, but yeah, that's funny. You're covering that. At uh, Merrill Lynch. <laughs> working at Future Shop, but you were more happier at Future, future Shop. shop. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. It was like, but anyway, so so yeah. yeah. So I just realized, like from then on, that like the culture, people were very money focused or, or, or returns focused. Not saying that that's necessarily a good or, or good bad, bad thing, but it was just wasn't really for me. And I think that uh, yeah, the, the, the guys there were pretty intense, particularly at Merrill. I think I got the worst of it, especially given that it was a financial crisis, and at the same time. Merrill was had a culture of a very boys club kind of mentality and so I would say hi to my boss and my boss would kind of storm in from in the morning and I'd be like hey hey Scott and he would literally just kind of stare at me and, and look away without acknowledging me which was a huge like hit for for a, for an intern that is super vulnerable in a new city never yeah. been to like you know first time in toronto big city you're just looking for There's some dreams. love man yeah, I, I was and I, at one point i, I was crying and i think i was i cried in the, in the washroom and oh, and, and, yeah. and thankfully one one of the one of the other guys on the trading floor was like hey man you you okay and he he kind of you know brought me in a little bit and 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 just kind of N- you know, nurtured me for like a day, and he's like, Go fuck off. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but, but, but yeah, like it was just, it was a lot to take in. He's like, I got my own issues to deal with. Exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was just a lot of, yeah, a lot of intensity that I wasn't prepared. Wearing a tuxedo wasn't a good idea either. So, all these things are just like, Oh, fuck, this is, this it's is starting just, to add up for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like totally adding up. And I think that's when I turned and, and, and realized and going back to school. So, that was, you know, during school still. So went, you know, at, finished the internship and, and went back to school. Um, but uh, yeah, just started doing a lot of soul searching, felt really lost. Um, I think we all do at that age, yeah, right? Yeah. There's uh travel, traveling is good. But
1: like at that age, yeah, you know, I dropped out of university cause I was like, what, what am I doing? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like it's okay. You know, I, if, I could tell myself back then it's okay to not know, mm-hmm. but I feel like with the Asian culture,
0: it's mm-hmm. like do this, do this, do this. And yeah, you got yeah, to like, tough. you got to live yeah. up to people's expectations. Right. Definitely. So. And yeah, it was just, it just, there was a huge disconnect between what I thought and, and what it was. And I think that was a part of growing up, but mm-hmm. and and realizing, you know, you're not a kid anymore, but yeah, it was hard to kind of take in. It all came at once and, uh, and it, yeah, it just, uh, it felt really weird. And, and I felt really lost for third and fourth year, university even because I was in this very intense, very demanding program that required me to love finance or or really you know, um, you know, be dedicated to finance when I knew deep down that I was like, this is this is not not for me. me." But but I still had to kind of push through it. Otherwise Mm -hmm. yeah. So at least you graduated. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You also didn't
2: want to let your like parents down too, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of that and also just realize that this is such a great opportunity to be in this program. And I, I I actually, yeah, like I prepared so hard for that program. Anyways, again, side story, but, but prepared so hard for that program. And then, uh, and then, uh, and, and to, to just kind of put it to waste, it would, 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 would have been, you know, such a big loss and such a huge, it just, it, it would have been bad. So, um, so kind of pushed through it. I remember at one point, um, fourth year university graduating, looking for jobs, you know, we're asked to kind of interview in, information, do information interviews with with people that are in, you know, in the industry. So I talked to a lot of hedge fund managers, a lot of fund managers that were very successful in their own right. And I remember, this is where the program, again, was, was super um, instrumental and super helpful. We had counselors or mentors that were, you know, provided to us. And these guys were 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 the top of their industry. So these hedge fund managers would make time to talk to us. And I remember talking to one of them, his name was Phil. He was he is a fund manager at um Connor, Clark and Lunn. Um but uh but yeah, I I spoke to him and I said, hey look Phil, like, you know, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do and I said, you know, if I were if if I were fifty-five or sixty and you know I looked back and I You know, I made millions of dollars or I made tons of money, but most of the time I just spent sitting behind a desk, you know, you know, going through numbers or analyzing numbers and making investment decisions behind my desk. Um yeah, I'd be pretty fucking sad. (laughs) Yeah. And then and then he's like, Then you have a fucking problem because that's exactly where you're headed. (laughs) And uh and I was like, that—that that was what he needed to say to me, right at that time, because because no one would tell me that answer. No one, no one would, no one would say that to me. But he's oh, like, "Then yeah. you have a fucking problem," because that's—that's, that's, that's that's, okay. yeah, that's exactly that's where I'm right. at. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then, uh, and then I was like, "Yeah, I guess you're right." And then, so yeah, so I think that was a wake-up call, and and really, the, just, the, this is while you're still in that program at UBC. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. the the, the Portfolio cool. Management Foundation, and and it's such a blessing to have that program at UBC because. Um, it's really difficult on the West Coast to get a job in, in finance because most of the finance activity or, or the financial centers are all on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. New York City is a big one, Toronto, Toronto. And there's so many good schools out there, Queens, Waterloo, uh, I, like, you know, all the Ivy Leagues, like Columbia, Harvard, or, or you know, you know so, so Stan- like, yeah, not not Stanford, but like Columbia, Harvard, Wharton. Um, so there's a lot of talent to, to recruit from. So mm-hmm. there's no reason for them to fly someone from vancouver out to the east coast Mm -hmm. so it was really hard to get like so feel bad for the rest of my faculty but uh, like my yeah like my my kind of my my finance group but but yeah like if you weren't in the program it it was difficult but with that program because you had a a merrill lynch interview or a merrill lynch internship or because you had these these uh these experiences mm-hmm. people definitely wanted to talk to you oh yeah so i had a yeah i had an you're interview more reputable. exactly yeah, had yeah. an interview at goldman sachs in new york mm-hmm. during that during my fourth year Crazy. you know flying over like flying over there to interview and stuff like that and it was just like it was just it was just it was unheard of or just un- mm-hmm. un- unimaginable mm-hmm. so a lot of it, yeah and I so went to y- PMF. Y-
1: you're done school and then you sh- then you end up working
0: at goldman sachs goldman sachs anyway yeah, so yeah. The, the the so I did a bunch of interviews, got yeah. got offers from RBC, Scotiabank and a bunch of other places, but decided to go to Goldman Sachs because the thinking there was just yeah, I would I would probably, you know, try to accumulate as much money as I could mm-hmm. um as quickly as possible and Goldman Sachs was an international company, so I could go to New York or go to San Francisco and they could transfer me in, in, in one or two years. Whereas if I stayed with, if I, if I accepted an offer with RBC or Scotia, I'd most likely stay in Canada. Mm. And at you, the time I really wanted want to go to, be to New, New York. York. Yeah. Yeah. I think the energy there is just amazing. Is that where you went, started working when you were, went there? With uh, or was it in Cal- yeah. No, it was in Calgary. It oh, was it in was in Calgary. Calgary. Yeah. Okay. But, but, th- but I still think that that was a great experience because, um, they, they did an, they did a training, they did a training, um, they did a training, Two, they they did two months of training, and they flew in everyone that got hired at Goldman Sachs that year, and they they flew in like three hundred or yeah three hundred and fifty people uh-huh. from all around the world. So there you had your Beijing team, you had team from Japan, you had team from South Africa, you had all the European teams, you had like South American teams. So everyone was the same age. Mm-hmm and same kind of ambition same kind of drive mm-hmm. all in one place and most people knew finance even though they wanted to reteach you mm-hmm. finance to make sure that you understood it but it was just like a it was just like a giant networking session slash like just people were just partying and 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 you had like local new york guys who were hired there as well that were just showing out of towners had a party in new york and it was just like it was it was amazing because yeah because because these guys yeah lived in new york had the connections or like parents or yeah, anyways yeah. just like it was an awesome experience and i i stayed close with a lot of them or i uh i really like i think that the friendships that i made during those two months were mm-hmm. so invaluable and uh and, and really impacted my life as well mm. But anyways so, so <laughs> sorry that's I like, a good
1: story <laughs> yeah it's a good story well we're
2: because it's very interesting because I feel like a lot of people don't really get to hear about that world, right? mm -hmm. So unless you're in it and uh, like, that's why it's a great opportunity to listen about that. Yeah. Yeah, Oh, it's
1: it's a whole new world that, you know, people don't even can comprehend, you know, especially the hours that you work, um, and how much, like how much effort you need to put into that type of work. Right.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, first of all, I think Goldman is, is a like culture is very different than, than Merrill or, or from what I know, they're, they're very humble. Like everyone that I spoke to, even when I was interviewing wasn't, you know, just, you know, they call them big swinging dicks, but, mm-hmm. but, they, but they're, they're, they're not <laughs> at Goldman. They're, they're very humble or, or most of them are, are, are quite, quite low key. I, and I think to, I, was, I, I just want to make sure <laughs> we could put this on, and Meryl isn't going to come I'm after you, saying <laughs> <laughs> like you you've painted uh, their name or something, you know? No, but uh, yeah. but yeah, it's, but uh, but yeah, like um, yeah, it was just, they were really humble, but but kind of going back is just yeah, from from the outside's perspective, sometimes yeah. it's interesting when you look at you know investment banks or people in investment banking, they they seem like these hotshots or or kind of you know these smart guys, but I just remember when we were. Studying, we had to study for a certification. Um, um, I think it's called the Series 7. I, I can't remember exactly, but every, every, all the, every 350, uh, everyone basically had to study f- and get this certification in order to actually work at Goldman Sachs. Mm-hmm. It was like this Series 7 exam. And, and, um, and you could only fail, I think, four times before it was just like, you're out, you're out. And it was just interesting that you would think that these guys are, you know, the smartest guys and they probably don't have to study. And, you know, your, your perception of these guys should be like, yeah, they, they barely need to study and, and, uh, and they just like ace these exams. But it's just interesting that how hard they studied for this exam. Like they were, they were really putting in the hours um, while, while, you know, even I, I was kind of, yeah, I, I was even kind of you know, just going out or having dinner, but it was just like, yeah, I think the perception is like these guys are, don't work hard, but they, they definitely put like, they're quite risk adverse and they, uh, they definitely put in the work or they try to, they, they, they hide it well, yeah. but they actually put in a lot, of work, a lot of work behind work the scenes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So you're, you're one, twenty two when you started at Goldman? Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's pretty young. Yeah. And you were there and this was in Calgary. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, you're working 12-hour days, let's say. Yeah, so I was living in London House, mm-hmm. so 4th Ave and 4th Street. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I um, Pigs. 875. Pig yeah, d- and Duke. Yeah, yeah. Duke mm-hmm. and Pig or something like that. $875 a month, mm-hmm. making a good good, good paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just trying to save a, a ton of money. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm probably not going to stay in Calgary, mm-hmm. so I just want to get ahead. The only advantage I have versus my my other peers right now is just I can save a ton of money and hopefully I can... I'll need the money to start something, and mm-hmm. so I'm just going to try and save as much as I can. so I had nothing in my apartment. I mm-hmm. literally had just like a like a mattress mm-hmm. and uh and i and i and I would just would go to work and I think it um I think it also reminded me that I needed to leave the city oh. as well because there was like it you just weren't, you weren't it was like just anchored so there yeah. yeah, I didn't want it to be anchored I didn't want to l- like put anchors that would that would anchor me and so mm-hmm. yeah so. So you're working. Did you already think about
1: starting Case Mogul? Well, like, when did that come into your brain, and how did you strategize to to eventually go full time in that? Right, because yep. if you're working nine hours or twelve hours a day, seven days a week, where did you find the time to <laughs> eventually start your, this own business?
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was it was yeah. So and like yeah, how did you even get into that? And
1: yeah, let's hear the story with that.
0: Yeah, and it was um. I think when I landed in Calgary, I was like, damn, I'm, I'm actually here. I'm really here in this city and this is, this is not New York. is not Vancouver. This is two months of partying in New York City with like New York friends and uh, San Francisco and like just meeting people and like yeah. just like the whole shebang. I was like, fuck, this is so awesome. Like, yeah. you know, just like getting, you just, yeah, like just being a 21 year old or 22 year old and just like meeting people and just having everything and, and just feeling like just on top of the world and then you're like, boom, you're in Calgary and you're like, <laughs> it's cold and you know, you're you're still at Goldman Sachs but you're you're not really a uh, golden sacks so yeah, I cool. love New York. New York's one of my favorite places yeah, to go. Too. It's awesome. The energy there is just it's it's, ridiculous. Yeah. It it's, doesn't even it, it it's doesn't
1: like, compare. Yeah. You can't even compare it, man. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So yeah. then um but yeah anyway, so I think it was it's actually really good. I'm not saying anything bad about Calgary. I I, I really appreciate and, and that's why I stayed here. But but yeah at the time I think you to at the time it's I think a lot of those things probably um, I needed the silence or I needed the, the, yeah, the silence to, to really force myself to look inwards and, uh, and do a lot of soul searching. And so I started off by saying like, I, I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing with my life because I'm still on route to become, you know, this finance person. And so, um, so I, I, I thought to myself, you know what, it, it, you know, you think your life is, is, is unique, but in, in reality, it might not be that unique because there's so many people in the world that have li- that are living now. And there are so many people that have lived before you that you can probably, if you really don't know what to do with your life, my, my, my idea at that time was that I could probably start reading autobiographies and just almost like a Netflix trailer, just like learn about other people's lives and try to copy other people's lives or or at least figure out what genre of life i want to be in and so i started reading autobiographies to to figure Mm -hmm. out what life sounds cool or or is closer to 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 what i want to want to want to live my life with and so you started reading books and seeing which one you could relate to the most or felt excited about or or resonated or vibed with or whatever Mm -hmm. and uh and i was i was lucky enough to read this book called Losing My Virginity by Richard Branson, oh, yeah. and yeah. Um, and and yeah, I actually just, have that book. I just haven't read it. Really, so is it's that a, good, it's is a it, great book. I, I would I would recommend it for all entrepreneurs. But um, so that was I think that was like the final clicking point where I think it's funny because I think looking back before that, I think I was doing everything um, that 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 made sense, but I just didn't realize it almost. But but yeah, like. So I was already starting businesses on the side, even in fourth year university, and I was doing all these things, but it never really, like, there was nothing, there was no thesis or there was no, like, there was no why behind it, even though I kind of knew kind of the, the anyways, um, the, 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 you know, I, I was doing the things, but I didn't really understand why. But, but reading that book made me realize, I was like, yeah, this is like a fucking awesome guy who, you know, rides on hot air balloons, does all these cool things, but at the same time is starting businesses and starting multiple businesses and making changes, positive changes in life, mm-hmm. never really focusing on the money and it just sounded like a really cool life. He had, he had his own Island. So if I could dream, you know, the, the most idealized or romanticized dream of, of my life, it would be something like his where, you know, he's, he was building like these rocket ships that were, that were going to the like Virgin Galactica that was like taking people out to, to space, yeah. to space and stuff like that. And, 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 and having his own, um, Island, um, necker island i was like this yeah i mean if, if we're gonna dream big or if we're gonna head into that direction it, it this sounds like the life that i should focus on it sounds like he is a business owner and he's running or he's he was an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, i think he is over like a dozen business he has a yeah, lot of businesses
1: 10. and they're all successful <laughs> yeah it's <laughs> yeah, weird <laughs> it's all under the virgin brand right? yeah, 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 yeah 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 i think he
0: virgin uh mobile uh airlines too he yeah, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. But it started with music um yeah exactly virgin, virgin records, records and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that and so yeah reading his autobiography was really you know resonated a lot with it and i read a few others afterwards and then i proceeded to kind of so so yeah so this is like while i was at so work and then go home and then just read books Refle- or reflect on your life yeah reflect <laughs> on my life yeah, and yeah. reflect on like aut- yeah. like autobiographies or yeah and and, and figured out that you know yeah like yeah it all makes sense it 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 was like uh yeah it was like uh it was the beacon while i was at goldman where sometimes it would it would get pretty dark where you know you wouldn't know what you were doing but you're like okay like i kind of have an idea of like there's there's hope there's light at the end of the tunnel and it seems like there's 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 something there so you know so feeding that i started reading like a lot of entrepreneur books or startup books on how to how to start a business because obviously i couldn't start a business while i was in finance and so i was just like you know, I might as well just read a ton of books on how to start a business and try to read as many as possible to, to really understand it and then at some point I think I read all the books that I felt like I needed they started to become very repetitive yeah. I was like oh I th- yeah that was in the other book I was like yeah, I don't think that it makes sense to read anymore but uh, but yeah so I read all these like startup books or, or lean startup books um, and uh, and that was that and then and then and then I think around the same time, I was, yeah, so so I was working and then I was, again, I think the main goal was to try and accumulate capital as, uh, as quickly as possible or as, 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 uh, yeah, as quickly as possible. And, um, at the time I, you know, being from a finance background and investor background, I was investing in stocks or looking at stocks to try and invest. Um, and then one, uh, yeah. And, and then kind of one conversation led to another, but I realized I was like, I only had like probably $6,000 in my bank account or, or, or something like that. So it's pretty, pretty, pretty small. And so I just realized, wait a second, if I'm, if the goal, you know, going back to first principles or whatever, you know, if the goal is just simply to accumulate capital as quickly as possible, then investing in stocks is not necessarily the best way to do it. Um, just because, you know, there's so many guys that are much smarter than you that are selling or buying stocks at the same time to get like a 20% return or a 30% return consistently year on year. Um, you, you, you'd have to be like really good. You'd have to be better than Warren Buffett, yeah. which is like almost impossible. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, you're just probably going to get 15% or, or something like that. Let's, let's be realistic, right? There's no way that you're going to make millions investing in the stock market. So, Instead of investing in the stock market, if you're just trying to accumulate like build capital, then why don't you take the six thousand dollars and buy screen protectors and sell it to um, these mall kiosks? You can buy them for like 10 cents or 25 cents on Ali AliExpress or Alibaba,
3: mm-hmm.
0: you can sell them for a dollar, mm-hmm. 25 cents. To a dollar is like four times, like four hundred percent return. Yeah, 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 And there's no risk. There's that you're not gonna like you know you're not gonna lose your money if the stock market crashes or anything like that. There's like zero risk, and you can do that over and over again very very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and so I was just like, yeah. Why yeah. did you pick so, uh, was, what, what screen screen, screen, screen Because it was a very. Easy to consume product yeah, or, or a kiosk, like you know, just people wanted them all the time, and it was a dollar. They were selling them for five or ten or fifteen or twenty or whatever, and so a dollar so that was, to them was- first, that was like your first starting the first product, the first product that you yeah. Yeah, it was and, buying a pack of screen predictors for like probably like twenty bucks or something like that and then and then selling them for a hundred. So you just like randomly just been like, I'm gonna sell you
3: know, no screen, no, no, yeah, yeah. No,
0: no. So so yeah. I think like the roots tying back to like Vancouver and yeah. and the night market was was hot at the time and as I was talking to a friend's uh uh older brother and um uh, and he he was doing the business in, in in at the night market and and we had a yeah one night we were having a conversation where I was calling him at like three a.m. pretty pretty sure it was three a.m. Yeah. actually <laughs> three a.m. at the office I'm the only one that like the lights are out already I'm just like working and then I was like you know what this is just crazy I don't know what what I'm doing and stuff like that and he's like you know what why don't you just like do something with phone cases or phone accessories they're doing pretty mm-hmm. well here in Vancouver you should look into that and I, I think I was like yeah you know what that's not a bad idea because I could talk to Asia at nighttime um, it wouldn't interfere with my day job mm-hmm. because if you're buying things from China it would be at nighttime and you'd be working in the day so yeah. it would it wouldn't interfere and that's not a you know that's not a bad place to start and you've already read all the books on intre- entrepreneurship mm-hmm. so you might as well try to start something and this seems like a meaningful <laughs> next step. So yeah. so, just kind of, yeah. So I started to do that, and you speak the language too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, that but, helps for sure. Yeah, I didn't. I, I wasn't actually very good at write, uh, writing or reading at the time, and mm-hmm. so I used a lot of Pinyin. So so that's that's alphabet, al- alphabetical kind of you know uh, type type uh, type of graphics or whatnot to to kind of communicate. But then slowly, I think is also a good way to practice Chinese. And now I can read a lot more than than what I what I was able to. So mm. so you started with. Screen
1: protectors, um, started buying it of Alibaba. Yeah, then you, you got them and then you just went to the malls and then we're selling them, or were you yeah. selling stores? would take
0: this. I would take the C train to Northland Mall mm-hmm. and uh, and I would sell it to this guy called Mohammed. Um, <laughs> he was he had a kiosk at at, uh, at, at yeah, at, at Northland or no, yeah, Northland Mall. Uh-huh. And and yes, yeah, I would take the C train from the on a Saturday or a Sunday. I would get to I would get close to Northland Mall, but I'd have to walk like 35 minutes with mm. a bo- like with boxes of of stock because mm. I didn't have a car. And okay. I would uh, I would sell it to him, and then I would come back uh, come back, and then maybe work at the office for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. That's a good grind. Yeah, that. Yeah, it was. I was like, fuck this. This sea train should just stop right at Northland Mall, but it doesn't. So you had to walk okay. like 30 minutes, which is like really annoying. Especially, <laughs> yeah. It, it. Thankfully, it was in the summertime. It wasn't w- winter, but yeah. yeah. So you're selling these
1: case, uh, phone protectors, then I guess I'm assuming you upgrade to phone cases. Like how did how did you? Sell, yeah, yeah, yeah. We
0: just like just like the, Muhammad would be like, hey, do you have any phone cases? <laughs> and like yeah, of course we do. Like you want to buy more stuff? Well, yeah, yeah, for sure. And so yeah, so just like so at the time actually there was another another guy that lived in London House. His name was Bob Hung, and he used to live like probably next door or a few doors down. But uh, but yeah, so he was a big, you know, I owe it to him too, to kind of, you know, help with launching the business because I was too busy and he, he definitely pushed very hard as well. And, and, uh, and yeah, he, he, he was also kind of ordering and, and, uh, and, and doing a lot of things. At times he was very annoying, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think he was, he was pushing me in the right direction or otherwise, you know, if you're just one person, sometimes it's, it's hard to spot your, 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 your weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And so he was the one who was like, he he was the one who um who actually bought the first batch of screen protectors from AliExpress, mm-hmm. um, and okay. then he was also the one that uh that that started our first uh, pop up store on Stephen Avenue as well, mm-hmm. because Stephen Avenue. Anyway, so so yeah, so that so was, was your first, first store that you yeah were... yeah, and it was crazy because um yeah, so we started selling the, screen protectors. At, at this store, point,
1: did you quit? Uh, Goldman Sachs. No, no, no. no, oh no.
0: Okay, no. That was no, like so early I was, on. Yeah, yeah. So I was just, uh, yeah, I was maybe hanging out with Dave like once, once maybe every month or, or yeah. whatever. It was like, yeah, it was late like, night call, uh, eleven p.m. Yeah, you, you want to <laughs> go for dinner? I'm like, uh, I'm ready to go to sleep. <laughs> yeah, but um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, at the time, yeah. So you know, sell, started selling to wholesalers. Um, you know, made these treks to Chinook Mall or, um, but uh, at what point did you? Uh, so
3: you're you're at Stephen. Stephen, Stephen Avenue.
1: Avenue. at what point did you realize, like, I'm gonna quit?
3: Uh,
0: I always wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah, but like, I you know like, what I, I was mean? I'm just waiting for the time.
1: Yeah. Um, like, when did you know it was the perfect time? Like, when you made a certain amount of money, when it was. Growing? I think so. I yeah. think yeah. I think I think yeah. I think
0: I think it was like I think I think it was when 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 my. When the, the income was, was getting close to what I was getting at, Mm. at, at at Goldman, which is like actually quite a feat, I think. Otherwise my mom wouldn't, would have never let me do it. Like, yeah. So, so my obviously Asian parents, my dad and, and my mom were really proud that I was at Goldman Sachs and they, you know, they would tell their, their friends that, you know, my, my son's at Goldman Sachs and stuff like that. And so it was (laughs) tough for them to understand that Mm -hmm. I, I would leave. So, so I think that the moment that I left was, uh, or the moment that I decided, okay, now is the right time, was 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 most likely when 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 the income level was was around the same, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, so were you working on this
1: side business to grow it, and you had to help this whole time at Goldman Goldman Sachs too, then, right? Because it's like, how did you grow that while you were there?
0: Yeah, so yeah. I think Bob was a big part of that okay, as well okay. initially. I, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah. like even with Stephen Avenue, I, I don't think I would have ever. Made the leap to do. I would. I might have just stuck with selling wholesale the whole mm-hmm. time, like just selling to Mohammed, which mm-hmm. is actually not a good business relative to retail. I think because mm-hmm. it was just yeah, like you were buying these things for you just know, flipping it. Yeah, yeah, but but you could get a lot better margins if you sold retail. directly mm-hmm. to retail. And yeah. I just I remember Bob being like, "Uh, why, why don't we just uh why don't we just uh sell sell on Stephen Avenue?" I was like, "I don't think there's gonna be that many people that are interested in buying." phone cases Mm -hmm. walking on Stephen avenue Mm -hmm. and he's like no i really think that could do something and i was like no i don't think so but if you want to do it like i can't do it because i'm going to be at work i I can't i can't you know leave my job to Mm -hmm. to stand outside Stephen avenue in the daytime Mm -hmm. but uh if you want to do it and he did it and uh and i just remember yeah like first day i think we like made like 300 bucks or something i was like holy fuck this is pretty awesome actually <laughs> I was Like doing my financial that, modeling and yeah. that's really good for yeah. for a business for one day, yeah. yeah and i was yeah. like fuck this is this is yeah there's so there's quite like, a bit of traffic there though like walkthrough traffic yeah yeah and at and the tourists. time for sure exactly yeah. so so i think yeah so yeah so he was the one who kind of um pushed it um pushed uh, uh, pushed the barriers how many stores did you have before you quit i guess oh uh, we had two Two. 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 we had tnt at the time mm-hmm. that's a big one yeah. and then uh in cell center we had a kiosk in cell center crazy and then how did you you quit do like 14 hey,
2: right?
1: 2014 yeah and then you're like hey i'm all in now is that what happened Pretty much.
3: <laughs> yeah. That's it was,
1: awesome. Uh, it was, it was, that's tough. how you, you throw your head over the fence and then you know, right? Yeah. The, and it was yeah. really,
0: yeah, I think it was like really scary to, to, to quit because, yeah, like I think at the time you were sitting at your desk at, at Goldman and, you know, it's nice. You're in a suit, you're comfortable, you're in a really nice chair as well. You're overlooking Calgary and you have a nice computer, everything is nice, and you're like, Okay, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna stand up and I'm gonna walk over to my boss's office and but, tell him that I'm, I'm leaving. You. How was that day? i I'm, 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 I'm gonna do it and it's like actually pretty it's almost like bungee jumping where it's like you're just gonna jump and it's like yeah. even though you know that it's not that bad, it's yeah. still hard to make yeah. that leap. and so it's like it's like a leap of faith, yeah, because yeah. you can't you can't go back and and say like yeah, about what I said yesterday. Yeah, sorry never mind never mind once you say it, you can't you can't take it back so yeah. but um, but yeah.
1: So, you're in all the big malls now, like yeah. Chinook, yeah, all the Cadillac Fairview. Um,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, and it, yeah. How, how was it growing the company? Um, it was unless, tough.
0: Yeah, it was tough.
1: Yeah. What What was the hard? Like, what was really hard, tough about it?
0: Um, I, I think d- like different things for sure. Many different things were 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 tough about it. But y- right after I quit Goldman, I had I had South Center and I had TNT and I just got Market Mall um, in the mix um, and I actually bought the cart off off one of our wholesalers at the time and I said you know I'll just buy your cart because I don't think he was making money for some reason but but yeah so I bought it and I, you know there was three but then I think there were some yeah it wasn't the business wasn't mature enough and it was very vulnerable and uh, we actually lost our Market Mall location so Cadillac took it back and said like look you're not we're gonna we're gonna replace you with someone else. And then TNT actually were getting, um, with the competition that was happening, there was another store that was opening beside us mm-hmm. that was quickly expanding. So it was, I think that was a really vulnerable point for the business as well, because I felt like I just quit my job. And then, and then all of a sudden, you know, our location started getting squeezed. Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, we weren't sure whether or not things were going to go well and, and i think that continues to be a difficult part of the business but at the same time i think it's also an interesting challenge is in terms of you know dealing with competitors and 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 and, and kind of navigating through that um yeah. yeah how did you overcome that then yeah like how did you continue to grow um
1: to different so many locations and then yeah hoover like you still wanted to expand it's well you did expand and, yeah right so
0: yeah and i think um i mean i, I think I think I look at it, um, very similar to, to investing, I guess. Um, you just look, you, you're, I think my mindset is, 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 is very much you just almost similar to houses, I guess. You just wait for the right opportunity and you're patient and you look for the right opportunity. And if when that opportunity comes, then you, you go in. But if those opportunities aren't there or if they're overpriced, mm-hmm. um, then you have to have discipline to say no. Uh otherwise then you know sometimes people have this fomo or they they feel like they need to do something um and sometimes yeah i think the market is always up and down and there's competition and then there's no competition or there's 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 just yeah there's 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 always ups and downs and so it's you just have to be almost like investing you just have to wait for the right opportunity to come and and when you do have the opportunity capitalize on it and grow Uh how is uh Covid been like they close it. Yeah. How
1: how is how, how did you shift with that or how are you how are you dealing with that?
0: Yeah. Covid has been really tough for us. Um, we're down, you know, quite quite a bit um, because of covid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think at the same time, I think covid was was really helpful for me because I um, I finally had more time to 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 do some more kind of soul searching as well. I think. I feel like at least for for my business, I think, you know, there's there's these there's these giant cycles that happen. And and I think, you know, the business has been successful for for quite a few years and we're getting to a point where there's more competition. And so it's 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 time to kind of reinvent or or rethink your strategy and, and, and things like that. I think a lot of businesses face that too. It's, you know, you have one good idea and you run with it for a while and then competition comes in or or things change, the environment changes, and if you don't change then um then yeah, I think I think things can get eroded um so so I think covid was a good yeah, <clears throat> indi- indicator or or just kind of a reminder that the business that we have is in some ways, needs to be reinvented, or 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 I need to do some more soul searching to to lead it not just out of COVID, but also lead it past COVID. And I think there's a lot of digitalization that's happening. Um, there's e-commerce that's happening that we haven't really been, you know, at the forefront of, mm-hmm. um, which is which yeah, which COVID kind of promoted. And so I spent a lot of time um, rebuilding the website, bringing on really talented people from the outside for for advice on what we can do with the business um and, and, and also searching within to really build on our the case moguls kind of company values and, and 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 strengthen the vision so that um internally people are motivated but it's also easier to 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 brand and communicate that um, externally as well. So not just, you know, making money for the sake of making money, which has always been something that I hated. So, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. It was really like survival of the fittest, right?
2: Because like when um, you kind of get thrown a curveball like that in business, you have to kind of sit down and and revamp things and restructure things in a way where it works to this. Like, because the same thing happened in real estate. You heard that all the time from the agents. Like, Oh, things will get back to what it was. Things mm-hmm. will get back to what what was. But, but it's like, you can't expect that. If you're going to sit there and just uh, twiddle your thumbs and be like, yeah. oh yeah, like waiting for the business to come, like, <clears throat> you're never going to have the business. But if you are willing to learn and adapt and how to change things to make things better, work for this time, then um, you'll, you'll come out stronger than anybody else. Right. Yeah, so
0: That's what we had to do too during COVID. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I'm not waiting for COVID to end. I think COVID. Yeah. In, in my perspective, you know it, that's that's not the right strategy is yeah i really agree with what you're saying it's just yeah i i think that's um
1: what sets like a good entrepreneur and a bad entrepreneur is willing to
0: adapt right and, uh, and accept it accept it, it right So like not 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 blame external factors and yeah. just be honest with yourself and and hold yourself accountable and and not yeah it just yeah not not kind of blame external factors for 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 what's your your situation
1: it forces you to to make a shift mm-hmm. and uh, like i think same with us covid was like we we really enjoyed it and it it made us like stop like completely with the business for about a month mm-hmm. and just really like be like okay what are we going to do now right yeah. and just like our business it's 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 always growing and evolving that i feel like we're always shifting too right and it's just how you deal with it and how you adapt to it is 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 what's going to push you forward right so another thing
2: is just not changing things too much Mm -hmm. like change things like don't like don't fix it if it's not broken Mm -hmm. so we're trying to like we we try to find things that are like lacking or where like we feel like we could improve on these things and start focusing on that but not do too many things because when you do too many things, you just don't complete anything, yeah. right? So yeah, 100%. That was another thing. It's like finding the problem, create a solution for it, finish it, move on. Find a solution. Yeah, like it's like we just constantly are, are focusing on
0: on the the weakest part of the biz and, and wanting to revamp it and redo it. Yeah, and I think that's like a big, big part of entrepreneur uh, entrepreneurship as well. I think like because you don't have a boss sometimes or there's no one to kind of hold you back, you – start many many projects and you don't complete them or you know the follow through sometimes no one really holds you accountable so it's um no so one holds you accountable yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're you're so like, it, whatever yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah and so it's, it's good it's,
0: to have a business partner
1: though cuz we re- relay back things yeah. but like when when i was on my own yeah there's there's no one to be like why didn't you do that you yeah. know it's just like yeah, call i you do out it? on it <laughs> whatever i just <laughs> slipped out of the table right yeah yeah yeah
0: so it's like yeah so i think that's one thing that i learned as well is just like try to yeah finish things or be be intentional about how you spend your time and what you spend your time on and and, and complete things and mm-hmm. like like dave like you said you know um yeah f- f- prioritize the top two or three things that you think will be meaningful changes and just do those things to the end yeah. or really focus on them don't try to do like 10 or different, 10 different things and, mm-hmm. and not complete them. anything. yeah, yeah. Totally. What's
1: something like major you've learned in the last couple of years about the business, about
3: yourself?
0: Um, Yeah. um, I'm just trying to think what are the top things that I learned. I I think the biggest thing is, yeah, working on the business versus working in the business is two very different things. Mm. Um, And I think it's very easy to – yeah, it's very easy to – Trick yourself into thinking that you're working on the business when you're actually working in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dave knows this well. Like for a lot of the time, yeah, like calling Dave at 11 p.m. You know, just being busy for the sake of being busy, or feeling like you know you, you, I'm working in the business. This is you know I'm grinding, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of investment bankers do this as well. But like they, you know, they just they put in the hours and think that if I'm putting in the hours, then I must be working hard. But uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think. So yeah, so I think for, for 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 myself, um, yeah, I I spent a lot of time, um, I, I I spent a lot of time, you know, just doing tasks in the business in the business, yeah. like yeah. fixing a phone totally. or, or doing something or, yeah. or going to the store when I should be, you know, more intentional with my time and, and, and also taking a step back and and focusing on the vision or focusing on company values. Or yeah, making CEO level decisions as opposed to running around, you know, answering customers' phone calls and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's easy to kind of be pulled back into certain things. Yeah, very easy to very be, very yeah, easy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's uh, and sometimes you you trick yourself into thinking that you're yeah. It's it's very it's very deceptive. Almost, almost. It, it's easy. At least for me, I, I find that you know, I would it, it's easy to 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 do things, and then if I don't take a step back and analyze or think about it. What I thought was working on the business becomes working in the business again very, very, very easily. So it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Cause you're doing everything. Uh, yeah. A little bit. And, I, and my mom was doing that a lot too. And I think, yeah, so it's just, yeah, it, it was just, um, yeah, I think you try to control it the way that you, th- yeah, you, you yeah, you, you just, you just try and, yeah, you just try and be everywhere at the same time, and, mm-hmm. and you don't take a step back, and you're, you're not as structured in terms of how you think about it. Yeah. So. You, you got to work uh, smarter, not harder, yeah.
1: right? And yeah. And I think that's even with us. It's smarter like Smarter and harder, I feel it's, like, yeah. But it's like, how do I step back but generate more business and not be so much in the business? But I, 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 even for me, it's still hard to not be in the business. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm trying to look at everything, but I'm like, okay, I got to – got to put the trust and just let them do it. And like, let me do what's really important for the business. Right. Yeah, That's a big one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and sometimes like, for example, this year, like let's say an employee or, or or one of the team members makes a mistake or, or not makes a mistake, but just does something. The easiest thing is just to pick up the phone call and and, and call them. But sometimes it's, it it may be like, like a, like a result of something bigger or maybe lack of structure or Mm -hmm. lack of, you know, processes that are in place. Or a bigger picture kind of, you know, unclear job descriptions or unclear just operating procedures that you need to create first Mm -hmm. and then implement, communicate and implement. But it's much easier just to pick up the phone and be like, hey, you know, about that thing that you did, you know, I think that we should do this. Let's agree on doing this, which sounds like it's on the business. But, yeah, you just there's like there's I guess onion layers almost where it's like. That's not as impactful or not as long long like not more it's not as long term investing in the business as maybe the structure doesn't make sense or maybe the job System, description needs yeah. to be be revamped it's
1: a short time short term solution, and yes. um I keep saying this like this is coming up for us right now in our business. We need structures. We need systems because. Standard procedures. Standard procedures. Because if the same questions keep coming up or the same things and you just answer it or you deal with it on the spot, it's actually less efficient, right? Versus Correct. just like, hey, this is the way it is. This is the way it's done. And like getting clear on that and then just giving that to whoever needs to do that, you, they're not going to bother you anymore, right? Versus yeah. just like keep being in
0: the business of like, yeah. I, I, I know, yeah. And, just, and, and thinking about that is hard too, I think yeah it's very hard to it, it, organize it to yeah. sit there and be like i'm gonna sit here for two three hours or or one hour and, and intentionally sit here and be silent mm-hmm. and, and and think about the problem and understand how this problem uh is a part of a bigger problem and how to structure it is 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 hard to think about very as hard as opposed to <laughs> just do it yeah or like, don't <laughs> don't do that again yeah yeah 100 you know? yeah, percent. because like even now, like,
2: you just dealing with people, um, like, everybody's different, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how they do things, how they interpret things, their communication skills, their, their technical skills, mm-hmm. their hand skills. Like, there's so many aspects in your business that require different types of skills, but not everybody thinks the same way. Mm-hmm. But if you have some sort of standard procedure that has a kind of, like, a manual of how things can be done, they can... Take it how they they are going to perceive it and kind of put their own thing on it. And then that way you don't have to micromanage them. They're, yes. they're just doing things based on this procedure. It may not done be, be done perfectly every time, but as they get doing doing it on their own way, then they start getting better as well.
0: Too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And when, when, when there are problems, you can look at the procedure and say, like, why does this problem continue to happen? Mm-hmm. And what part of the procedure is, is broken or what part of this procedure needs revamping mm-hmm. as opposed to just... I feel like yeah, it gets to a point where you just forget or you, you, don't real, you don't have any structure. So it's like hard to even debate or discuss it because you guys, like you said, perceptions or ideas of how things work mm-hmm. are different. You, mm-hmm. you might see it one way and another person might see it another way. But if it's drawn out or if it's laid out properly, you can identify, okay, this is the, this is the genesis of where the problem is starting. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's here. Maybe the other person says, actually, I don't think it's here. I think it's somewhere else in mm-hmm. the process, right?
1: They say, uh, well, this is all coming from a book. It's E-Myths um, for Business. But it's you can manage a system, but you can't manage people.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Manage the system. Get your system going first. You, you, it's too hard to manage people. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't even imagine you're dealing with, 30. you know, 30, <laughs> 35. 35 employees. To, if you, it, That's why we're creating a system because it's too hard to manage even one person that we have right now, right? <laughs> so it's like or we have two i guess two or three yeah or three yeah. yeah but it's like just to manage if we had a system that was set we go back to the system because everyone does their things their own way right so i totally agree w- with you on that
0: yeah yeah and i think another thing on on the, on the people front i yeah i also yeah, I, I feel like having um, you know weekly or or biweekly or just like a regular cadence of of time to talk to the core people that that you know directly report to you or or, or, or that you need to work with. Mm-hmm. I think is is helpful to 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 give the opportunity to kind of discuss issues that are at hand and and also um, validate certain successes as well. But having a regular cadence of communicating with people is, is something that I learned as well. Mm-hmm. That's really effective. Totally. Hundred percent. We do we we have weekly meetings. Yeah, Next. we we do a three hour
1: weekly meeting nice. every yeah, Tuesday nice. from nine thirty <laughs> to twelve thirty. And we hash out everything. It's like <laughs> yeah. everything that needs to be hashed out, right? Yeah. So.
2: so then that nothing emotional gets brought into the business. It's mm. just this is what was uh, this is what's going on, this is what's going on. Mm-hmm. All right, let's start the week. And Then yep. the week is good to go, like you just perform right. So, yeah. um, I think that really helped us with our business and just keeping everybody accountable, everybody is in communication, know what's going on. So, mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: sure. Uh, D- Dave, do you have any more questions before we wrap this up with Andrew? Here, I feel like there's a l- lot of good stuff said. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to.
2: I want to have, like, a good story, but I'm, like, I don't know if we should talk about it.
0: Sure, we can st- well, why why not? The, you know, uh, we, we can I, always cut it out. If, uh, <laughs> yeah.
2: No, I just, like, that transition from, like, because I've seen pretty much every stage of it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, too. it's been pretty cool to see, like, the growth of the business and stuff like that. But I loved just showing up to the trap house before, I remember. <laughs> yeah. And just, like, because, like... Andrew had this house that we were that that had a lot of the stock and inventory, in. and that sometimes I just go and see him because I was in the
0: area.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It was the that. first house that I, we bought in mm-hmm. uh, in, in Calgary. Yeah. It was uh, on on uh, in, in Rosedale, uh, Rosedale, yeah, and uh, and yeah. So at the time I I lived there, in, you know, coming out of Vancouver, thinking that real estate only goes up. I was like, this is, this is, this is, this is awesome. It's an infill. It's not a nice house, but. uh, It's in a great location. Yeah. So it's like great location, shitty house, but that's like, you know, the perfect Vancouver situation. Um, And so bringing that Vancouver mindset over and and buying that house um, and and just living in it. But then at the same time, the business started getting more and more busy. And then we just tried to put all the inventory into that place. And it was, um, I think it was like. By that time, there was probably like seven or eight locations that were all being supported through that one house, and our Crazy. neighbors were just <laughs> yeah. The, there's like delivery drivers coming in, yeah, like. DHL and UPS and people... then employees coming in and, yeah. and, and stuff like that, and yeah. it was
2: just like it was like the service center. Yeah, all the, all the inventory was on the basement floor, yeah, or in the basement, like in all the rooms. Like there's like probably like five <laughs> or six people there all the time just working. And Andrew, I just... love those stories. <Yeah>. It's like the startup, right? It was sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised that people didn't,
0: like, raid that
2: house. (laughs) Because, like, it actually was, like, Trap House. Like, we'd call it Trap House all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, like, it's hard to, I guess, (laughs) inventory-wise, who needs, like, 20 iPhone 5 cases? You only really need one. And it's hard to sell. It's hard to peddle phone cases on Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace now. So it's, like... It was a cool spot,
2: though. But just, like, seeing that and then, like, how it's expanded now and now you're in, like... Vancouver Fort Mac and all the major malls in the city like it's such a crazy growth in in that short amount of time actually too so it's pretty cool yeah
0: definitely super grateful and yeah thanks (laughs) thanks for (laughs) thanks for um you know just just being willing to kind of have dinner late at night and and stuff like that. But I'm glad. Yeah, it was it was it was an awesome journey and it continues to happen. And definitely, you know, no short of challenges these days Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the business and and just kind of sales going down and and, and things like that. But I think at the same time, uh, yeah, like I, I think renewed a sense of like understanding of what I wanted to do with the business. I think like coming out of finance, it was very much. Um, you know, it's cash flow driven, or it's, you know, just making money. I think that's one component of it. But over the past, you know, few years, and especially during COVID, I think the the emphasis on building a business that is everlasting and, um, and more tied or unifying the group, the, the 35 or, you know, however many employees into one unified kind of set of values and, 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 and understanding the why behind the business is, um has been, has been, um, it's been really good to, to, to kind of ground, not just me, but I think a lot of the employees as well. So mm-hmm. that's a good book though. Yeah. Start, start with why. Yeah. 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 Awesome. I
1: think um, we could wrap it up now, but I just like to say, is there any last things uh, you want to say? Um, before we end the podcast, any last things that you want to sh- say or share?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think, um, yeah, I think one big differentiator, or, or yeah, one one big strength or component of ours is that we do repairs, but not just repairs. But we do them. You know, we 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 um, we do them really well in the sense that we don't just do modular screen repairs like most other repair shops we have a dedicated team that does motherboard repairs. Yeah, like, so micro soldering. Yeah. So taking, uh, so, you know, if, if a phone is not working and it's, you know, you take it to, you know, a few different shops and they're like, we changed the battery and it didn't work. Mm. We take a lot of those in and i um, super lucky to have a team now, but I used to go to New York as well or, or yeah. different places to, to learn how to micro solder in, in China even. Um, and so there's a lot of skills or a lot of like, Yeah. Like a a lot of, um, techniques, um, involved in that. Mm. Um, and, and we do have a team now that is dedicated towards not just fixing the simple issues, but the, the, yeah, the the more complicated, um, microscopic kind of issues where we need to have a magnifying glass and, uh, and, and take apart certain things, but that's really
2: rewarding too. I remember when you were going to, uh, to New York to take those courses for the weekend and coming back, and you were able. You're like, I can't fix this right now, but when I come back, yeah, let your us try it. yeah, yeah. So you were able to fix something that was uh, on a like Unfixable. a microchip level yeah. that would normally be thrown away, yeah, because they can't fix it. But now you can because exactly. you have that the ability to do that, which a lot of people don't have that ability here, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, and so. it, yeah, and I think it ties back to, like I said, like. Our company values, or even my values. I think, you know, at the end of the day, I, I want to look back and, and not regret what I did. And, and I think, you know, a big part of the business that I'm trying to build is is through kind of sincere human interaction and, and just building or, or feeling like I've, you know, not just me, but the entire team at Case Mogul has impacted people's lives in a, in a positive way and in our way, in, in our industry. And, and one really easy way to, to do that is. Is by just fixing a phone that someone has written off or said, you know, this is just I've taken to ten different places and I really need the information off of this phone, but mm-hmm. unfortunately no one can do it. And for us to be able to repair it and 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 experience and share in the joy that someone feels when 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 someone sees that, I think is really rewarding to the team and to myself to feel like yeah we're we're doing something that that is different and and super super fucking cool in that way especially for the data or like photos yeah like
2: the photos on a phone like once the phone is fucked and you can't get the photos off of it it's a toast. And like, yeah. like if you had that phone for like five years and you have all your photos on there, you
0: didn't back it up.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like you essentially lose
0: all your memories on that as well too. Right? Or so. your contacts or, or yeah, like phone numbers or messages or, or whatever it is. Um, yeah. So we strive to, yeah, I want to, yeah, I want to try and continue to push the envelope in terms of what can be done. And, and I think that's really cool. It's like, you know, the industry itself is, 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 you know, not, a tech industry or not, not something super sexy, but within this <laughs> realm or within my own pond, I'm, I'm pushing the boundaries. I'm doing, you know, the, the best of the best work or, or inventing or creating new things that, that no one else is, is doing is, is uh, rewarding for the entire team to, to feel. So
1: it, it, it sounds like your your company is slowly evolving to the demand of what the consumers want also. Yeah. Right. It, like, to to be able to fix a phone, and repair to repair it, you know, and your company name's Case Mogul, right? I think, I think, your transition to that side, I I think, will get a lot of business, right? Because mm-hmm. there's no real, in my opinion, there's no there's no like place to go to to be like, hey, my phone is broken. Do I need a new phone, or should I get Something fixed, or do I need to check yeah. the motherboard or whatever? Right, mm-hmm. that's not really out there. People are just kind of, yeah. my phone's broken. Yeah, I'm just gonna go get a new phone. I know, yeah, you know, because
2: when my screen was so, I've broken my screen like so many times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just brought it in like a month ago. Did you? Okay. And um, when I t- was telling people like, oh, my screen's broken, they're like, oh, why don't you just get a new phone? And I'm like, well, why don't you just fucking get a new screen? It's yeah, like a yeah.
1: hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but people don't know that, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. But th- yeah. that's the thing. Like, people think that once their phone is broken, they can never repair it repair
0: it yeah yeah, yeah. so that's something yeah i we'll definitely try and work on especially because yeah. the phones are like In 1600 bucks now yeah exactly yeah. it's not yeah it's definitely not worth it to kind of phone every time. time. You might
1: need to change your name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I think that's in the, yeah potentially. We thought re- about that a lot. Rebrand, well. yeah, yeah. Rebrand and, and you just call it case <laughs> or yeah or, or yeah or something or like, with phone. Or, I think yeah because you want to be more than a case now. Yeah, exactly. Case it's more phones, like yeah. or like tech mogul or like something that's more like more 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 all encompassing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but yeah, it's, it's
1: yeah because case mogul just sounds like to me just thought it was cases, right? Yeah, but then it's like you do screens mm-hmm. now. I know you do, you could fix the phones or you could fix the screens and like, I think- um,
0: Better than most, like we try to like fix more issues than 90 or, or yeah, 90% of all other competitors. So yeah. we can fix everything that 90 other, 90% other ninety of other people can fix, but then the, you know, we can fix more than that. Basically mm-hmm. we want to try and be able to fix more than that.
2: Yeah, you got to put that out there and, and also have all the, the services that you guys do because in yeah. that way- when people come, they're like, oh shit, I didn't know you guys could even do that. If they don't know,
1: then they won't come. Exactly. And so how long does it take you to fix a screen? 30 um, minutes. Yeah, probably 30 minutes, 20 to 30 you, minutes. You need to be on call, drive to the house,
0: do it in your car. That's what you got to do, man. <laughs> well, you, well, <laughs> well, we're definitely testing that or yeah. we're definitely
1: trying. Yeah. Because you know, people avenues. now, people are lazy. They want their yeah. groceries delivered. They want everything coming to them. Yeah. They don't yeah. want to go to the mall. You sure. know? Yeah. That's yeah. like
2: when me when I, when my phone, that's like, okay i can hold off onto this until the screen like actually doesn't work like the last time Mm -hmm. half of my screen wasn't even working and i couldn't i had to go do showings and i Mm -hmm. couldn't open up the doors so i was like fuck because i had to go to the mall right and then yeah it's difficult i hate going to the mall i hate parking there i um and then when i get my my uh phone fixed it's really quick with you guys but i also had to bring it to get a case like the Mm -hmm. screen Screen because and then I got to wait another half an hour. It's like, I'm like an hour there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like if you could make some sort of convenience without putting you out, then that, I feel like that would be a huge thing for clients. Yeah. Cause definitely. everybody just wants convenience nowadays. For sure. For sure. For sure. So Sounds good. yeah, definitely, definitely look into that. Yeah. Cool. Well ended at
0: that. But well, where can they find you? Yeah. Um, they, yeah. They, they find us <laughs> in, in most of the malls, Chinook, Market Mall, South Center, Cross Iron, um, TNT Vancouver. We're in Metro Town and uh, uh, Central City in Surrey, and Peter Palm Mall in Fort McMurray. So there's yeah, lots of lots of spots, and yeah, really grateful for the team. Um, super grateful for, for for the team that I have. Um, there's you know really hardworking, really tenacious, and uh, and and it's it's them that, that, that make it work. So Case Mogul on Instagram. Yes,
2: and Case what's Mogul
0: the website? On, casemogul.com. Okay, yeah. awesome, cool. Well, well,
2: thanks for coming there. on. Yeah, yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. Always, appreciate the chat. Yeah. Yeah. It